Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times on Twitch, in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for today's D&D game. Uh, today's game is uh, the hardcover adventure Rime of the Frostmaven. So I'm deep into chapter one currently and moving onwards. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you would like to be a patron of Sly Flourish, please go to patreon.com slash slyflourish and sign up. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive content, but most importantly, they help support shows like this. So if you would like to see more stuff like this, if you want to help support the show and the website and all the other work I do, uh, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish. So yeah, boy, fun, fun game last night. Yeah, last night, last week. Um, I love it when you just have no idea where things are going to go. And when, you know, when you when you have things set up and you get started and you're you're in the groove and you have this ability to, um, you know, to really improvise. Right. While the while things are changing, characters are doing things, conversations are going one direction or the other. Interesting things are going to happen. And you just sort of improv them and they build and build and build and more and more things go. And I like I had no if, if you had told me at the beginning of when I was prepping last week, what was going to happen? Never would have guessed. And, and so let me tell you what happened, because it's it's pretty great. Let me tell you about my game, because who doesn't want to hear about other people's RPGs? So uh, the characters began in Targos uh, in the uh, the inn in Targos. I forgot that I used that image. There. That's a pretty cool image. Um, they were at the the Three Flags Sailing Tavern. This is last week's notes. And Nerith Maxilandar and Scath both showed up. Scath is Ma- Ma- Nerith Maxilandar is the town speaker for Targos and also a an agent of the Zinterim. And Scath is his right hand guy. And they both came in and said, "Hey, you know, I heard about you. I heard what's going on. How would you guys like to, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to help you out." <laughs> you know, so he. Um, they would like, they wanted to kind of recruit the characters to serve Targos under this idea that Targos says, like, Nareth is like, look, the other town speakers are not helping their towns and the towns are getting torn apart. I can help. And, and if you're willing to help me uh, get better control of the other towns, then we'll be in a better spot. And of course, the characters are immediately suspicious of him. And then they, they so they start to say, like, well, what about, you know, who do you have the children of Oral here? We're, 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 we're worried that the children of Oral are murdering people. And he says, yeah, we have someone here. There's a, a woman here who runs an orphanage. She actually runs real children of oral. Her name is Mother Nora. We call her Mother Midnight. Mother Midnight, Mother Nora Icehand. And she runs a local orphanage called, called the Children, right? And so her, the children of oral in Targos are actually children. And the character's like, well, you know, you need to get rid of her, right? Like there, we, we just fought a bunch of them in Bryn Shander. And trust me, they're not good people. They are worshipers of demons and slaves and he's like what are you talking about and he's like you know we need to go to my place we need to go to my i have a joint here let's go to the the speaker's house and we'll talk there in private and so they start walking there and and the characters realize they're being followed by other people and they're like "Uh oh we're gonna get jumped like that we know he's working with his interim i bet these other guys we're gonna get jumped in the middle of this town and they were like no we're actually just keeping an eye on you but they were very suspicious so Three of the four, th- like three of the characters, kind of peeled off and rolled stealth checks and disappeared, which means their spotters now had no idea where they were, and they um, so there was there was a lot of like cagey stuff going on, and while this happened, um, um, 
uh, Ilda's mother shows up, right? And so Ilda's mother and father are members of the cult of Oral in Bryn Shander. They, dis they, they separated themselves from it. As soon as they saw that the cult went bad, they were like, oh, we're not with them. We don't know. We, we own that building, but like, you know, we're not responsible for, for people that hang out there. Um, so, uh, and, and she said, so, so, um, uh, her actual name is Jacqueline. She hates being referred to as Jacqueline. Uh, her parents are, uh, Eamon and, Le um, Leinania, also known as Lena Maliciant. And so Lena went to her and said, I need to talk to you. And last time they spoke and, and in this book, there was this prophecy that, um, that that basically that Ilda is a child of Oral or really a child of Thrun, right? That she's blessed by Thrun and that Lena became, you know, pregnant with um uh, uh with her um, you know through Thrun, right? Miraculously, right? And so Lena came up and said, I need to talk to you and you know your father right I like I know your father's been a terrible guy and he's done terrible things. I just want you to understand you, no matter what you do, you have my support. And I need you to understand that like, you know, you, you need to understand your father thinks that you're a miraculous conception from, uh, uh, from Thrun or from, you know, this being. No, I fell in love with a Goliath and, and the Goliath's name is, uh, you know, um, Auken. <laughs> and Ilda's like, I, you know, I don't want to hear anymore. Like, I don't you know, I want to know. I don't want to know anything. Stop talking, mom. And, you know, like bring, and thinking, oh, my God, this guy I'm adventuring with is my dad. Well, no, it's actually Auken's father who's missing. It was also named Auken and is Ilda's father. So they are half, you know, Auken and Ilda are, are, are half siblings. And, but it was a reaction of just like, stop talking. Like, I don't want to hear any more of this and you're crazy. And I'm going to, I'll have you killed. Right. Like we're, trust me, your, your power here is ending and I'll have you killed. And then she went back to her family and all was like, Hey, and she's like, Hey, <laughs> so, and I checked in. One thing I did is I checked in with the player to be like, is this cool? Are we cool with, you know, I don't want to change your character's background and I don't want to do anything. She thinks, no, that's great. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I just want to make sure that we're, you know, like, I don't want to, change a character's background so much that they're not that 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 they went away from what they wanted for their character right and i've been doing a lot with all his parents so at first i was like i was leaning too heavily on the idea that she is a child of thrun that she is this like divine entity to an elder evil and like what does that mean right and then i did i, I did that clue kind of went out too strong so then i said i got to pull back from that and say maybe maybe not but maybe instead you're just a child, right? You're the, a half, your, your, your father's not actually your father. Your actual father is this guy's father over here, you know, so that there's like room in there for her to kind of choose who she wants to be. But still, you're doing a lot of dorking around with somebody's background and you want to make sure. So I broke character and said, yeah, out, out of, out of the game. I said, are we cool? And she said, yeah, we're cool. So that was great. Um, so that was really fun. Then they went and they met with Nareth. And they explained that the cult of Oral are a bunch of demon worshippers actually worshipping a being called Thrun. And that uh, probably this uh, Mother Midnight that's here in your town is probably also worshipping devils, demons, and you need to, you should get rid of her. And then he's like, well, I can't get rid of her, but you guys can get rid of her. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, he, and they're like, well, why don't you plant evidence on her? And we've got this wineskin bag full of blue glowing demon blood. And he's like, really? It's like, let me see that. And he puts it in a glass, right? And so they pour out some of this blue glowing demon blood in a glass. And he's like, what? And Scath, who is feeding mice to his flying snakes over in the corner, looks at it and he grabs one of the mice and he just goes, 
fling and it goes ploop and the mouse goes into the water into this blue glowing demon and it thrashes around and it explodes outwards and turns into like an icy hellhound and it breathes out this like freezing demon blood you know bile and they're like ah and everyone in the room is freaking out and they're hacking it and it was this perfect like that scene from the thing right where like everything just goes wronger and wronger and wronger and you know it was that like everybody in the room freaking out and they're in this guy's office right and this thing spewing frozen demon bile on people and like ah you know and they're hitting it with swords and they kill it and and Nerith looks over it's like scath you're fired you know and scath's like oh is it wait before you're fired I need you to go down there. And, and and at that point, Nerith is like, holy cow, this is really demon blood. These really are things. If this has any connection at all to the spirit from my town, we got to get rid of her. So here, take this demon blood with you. Find a reason. I want you to go there. I want you to pull her out. And I want you to hang her before anybody can, um, you know, while we, while we, you know, while the news of Bryn Shander's demon plague is getting here, we're going to direct all that to her. And we're going to get rid of it. So now is the time. Do it before anybody can start to protest. And so they're like, oh, okay. So then the characters like finish up their meal. And he says, hey, this just shows you how weak the speakers at the Ten Towns are. And this is why I need to be taking over. And I need you to go talk to this other guy in Tourmaline who's not working with me and get him to work with me. He's a weak, weak guy. He's lost control of his own mind. And I need you to get him on my side or get rid of him or whatever. And the characters are like, well, we'll look into that. We're, you know, we're worried about this murderer, right? There's another murderer who's still around. And he's like, okay, whatever. So they go outside and Mother Midnight, who they never met, is hanging from a scaffold, right? <laughs> and swinging back and forth. And and the, all the townsfolk, half the townsfolk are like, what is going on? And they're, and then the other half is like, you know, demons, right? And and Scath, who's out there, is talking and giving this big speech about how Mother Midnight was... Um, worshiping demons and here's the blood and look at this they brought the body of the crazy demented demon dog thing out and they're like look at that that was what was caused by this and they went down into the orphanage and they found that yeah she was a pretty bad she was she was pretty bad and there was all this like oral stuff all over the walls there wasn't a lot of thrun stuff though and there was nothing that was actually tying her to demon worship but they're like yeah she's bad anyway so we don't care uh so at that point they headed out of town and uh made their way to tourmaline uh, where it's very cold and they got rooms at the local inn and they know that Torgs is there and they're pretty confident that the murderer of 10 towns is with Torgs. They don't know who it is, but they know it's there and they're starting to figure out how to set this up. And they're coming to like the, we know that there's a woman here who defied the, um, defied the last sacrifice she she refused to put her fires out uh, when everybody else is supposed to put their fires out so they think like i bet you that the murder from torgs is going to go after her tonight so should we either talk to them ahead of time or do we wait for him to show up them to show up and try to get rid of him so we're going to see and i think that that's where i forget what they decided last i think they were heading towards um they were having a lot of trouble figuring out exactly what they wanted to do next and i think they said, well, before the night comes, we can at least talk to the town speaker. So I think they're on their way to talk to the town speaker. And I think that that's where we began. So crazy fun game. And that the thing with the demon dog was so much fun. This office and the mouse and the glass and the exploding demon. Oh, so great. Right. And no idea. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And the idea that they walked out of Targos with, you know, after having a crazy demon dog summon and having Mother Midnight hanging from a scaffold was 
crazy, right? And that's just the fun of it. It's just you don't know where the game is going to go. That's why I love it so much. So let's get ready for today's game. So we're going to generate a new session planning template. As always, we are doing our um, uh, we're doing our notes today in Notion. Today is the twenty fifth of April. Sunday Frostmaiden. Our characters, cast of characters today are Ilda. Ilda, we have talked about. She is a half-Goliath, half-elf. Uh, her parents are the Maleficents, who are rich folks that live in Targos. She hates them. Uh, they are, you know, her father thinks that she is some kind of divine entity tied to Oral and or Thrun. Um, her mother just wants her to be her own person. Kind of, probably not really. And Ilda's just trying to find her place in the world. She is a barbarian. Uh, Auken Doncaller is a fighter from the Goliath tribes. Her father, she is, he is, as far as we know, and some of they haven't talked about it yet. Auken and Ilda are half-siblings. And uh, he is a fighter and a member of one of the, uh, the, the Goliath tribes in the area, uh, the Worm Dune Crag tribe. So that'll probably come out more in Chapter 2, not so much in Chapter 1. Shadowhawk is a uh, drow... Uh, being hunted by assassins from Houses of Laren. Uh, there is a... Um, uh, those assassins are it's called the Knight's Kiss. We should add that. Drow Sorcerer, former member of Houses of Laren, being hunted by the Knight's... Oops. By the Knight's Kiss assassins. Knight's Kiss are a uh are drow assassins hunting for him damia and uh, uh lorverin damian damian lorvin uh and one is a mage they're mages and veterans uh how did you make a half goliath half elf character in dnd beyond i think it's just a goliath a straight goliath you do it the way you do all weird things in dnd with flavor uh if i can offer a tip not everything needs to have mechanics right you can also do uh custom origins now using tasha's rules so there are some ways to do mechanics but in many ways you could just call yourself something and then it's fine right you can customize magic items that way you can customize monsters that way just reskin and so you could take a regular goliath well let's actually take a look uh, let's look at the character sheet but i'm pretty sure she is just using a goliath class or goliath race she is custom lineage. So she actually has a custom lineage uh, background uh, that, that she created. Uh, let's take a look under abilities, features and traits. Uh, barbarian features, racial traits, creature type. You are humanoid. Uh, she is medium size. She has the, the toughness feat um, and variable traits. She has dark vision. So I guess that's how racial traits work. Um, so yeah, she is using the custom, the, the custom lineage. That's how she's doing it, which seems pretty flexible and pretty good. I guess it's basically like you don't get a thing and instead you get a feat, which I guess is okay. So she, she has the toughness feat, which means she just gets lots of extra hit points, which is a barbarian means she's not going down because you take half damage too. It's like the equivalent of having 70 some hit points. So, um, Ilda, so Shadowhawk, Gore Wen Alcazar is a, uh, merchant traveler who uh, hates the um, the Torg's merchant traveler and is more than happy to discredit them for his own benefit. Uh, he is a uh, trickster rogue, or not trickster rogue. He is a 
uh, cleric of the trickster god. He's always working angles. His thing is working angles, coming up with lots of Ponzi schemes. Perrin Fat Rabbit, uh, also a custom lineage, uh, is a ranger conspiracy theorist who has visions of having seen things. Oh, one thing about, uh, yeah, Shadowhawk. So Shadowhawk had a griffin egg, and the, it wasn't a griffin egg. It opened, in this past session, it opened, and he woke up, and there's the cracked egg is open, and there's a slimy trail leading up to his bed, and he can still have the, he still has the power that he had when he was holding the egg, and now he can still detect thoughts. And the reality is he's got a mind flayer thingy in his head growing. So that's driving him crazy. It's driving the player crazy as much as the character. Uh, conspiracy theory ranger Perrin Fat Rabbit. So Perrin actually has an idea, but you know how much Shadowhawk is telling other people is questionable. Uh, and then we have Candle in the Dark. Candle in the Dark is a rogue, uh, Tabaxi rogue from uh, Waterdeep, who is uh, being hunted by assassins as well. Uh, those assassins are uh, Shakar Ballard, the Ebonheart, um, who looks like this guy. And his, he has a front man, Guy Guess Greenhood, who, who dresses like that. That's his front man. What are those things? Are those lockpicks? What are those things around his belt? They look like chicken, chicken uh, feet. Weird. Oh, but he's got the eye, right? So Xanathar, he's wearing Xanathar's eye. Perfect. How about that? So, yeah. So, oh, God, I just, I didn't mean to do that. I just created a new one. I don't want a new one. Delete. Uh, so those are the characters. Uh, so our strong start. So we're beginning in Tourmaline. It is probably, is it evening? It's probably evening. Evening in Tourmaline. Uh, the characters are on their way uh, to see the town speaker. Uh, the town speaker here is a half orc um, named Oris Mastu. O A R U S. It could be time. Uh, to meet, I think it might be fun to have them meet Gygas. Um, oh, hello there. Um, and he's going to try, uh, what secrets? So, um, yeah, so Gygas Greenhood is there. And what is Gygas's goals? He, he wants to create dissension. So he's going to try to say that, like, you realize that you are harboring a murderer with Candle. Um, and I don't think that's true, right? Really, um, uh, you know, so... Um, what, is he, what is he trying to get? right he's he's just kind of trying to screw with them uh i think so like when we think about what guy gas who is guy gas so guy gas is the the, the front man for shakar Ballard, the ebonheart the ebonheart is an assassin priest assassin who worships Cyric, and has come to 10 towns to kill candle and candle's parents uh candle's parents are now inside the um 
uh, uh, Candle's parents are now inside the um, Bryn Shander Community Center, which is what the players, uh, what the characters had turned the House of the Triad into after killing all the cultists there. Um, so I think it's more important. So what Guy Gas's goals, right? And his goals are to destabilize the party. Um, you know you're protecting a murder from a family of murderers. We know where your parents are. Um, what does he want? Like, so what is the Xanathar? This gets into like, what is the Xanathar want with Candle and Candle's parents? Is there something hidden? I might have to talk to uh, the player a little bit. I wonder if I'll have a chance before the game uh, to talk to the to talk to the player a little bit about this. But it might be fun. Just tell us where it is. So it might be fun to have that, right? Um, so the scenes are, uh, we're going to have Gygas. We're going to have Oris, meeting with Oris. A lot of meetings. Uh, confrontation with Torgs, maybe. Uh, facing um, Sefik. And his icy ghouls. Um, saving Blanche. Uh, and then a beautiful mine. So lots of stuff here, right? Lots of potential stuff. Uh, so I think it might be kind of cool uh if candle I, I need to talk to the player about it but perhaps candle and his parents took something from the xanathar um shakar has been tasked to retrieve the whereabouts of this mysterious item and kill uh, Candle and his whole family. Um, what other secrets do we have? Anything else for Shakar and Gygas? Any interesting things? Um, I don't think so. So Oris, um, Oris refuses to sell Tourmaline out to um, Nareth. 
and the Zinterm. Um, half of Oris's guards are on the Zinterim payroll. Uh, one guard murdered another in Tourmaline, in the, in the mine. Um, after going into the mine to try to rout the kobolds. Oris's guards are apprehensive to go out to the mine to uh, clear out the kobolds, fearing something worse is in there. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, what about, oh, um, Sephic uh, the accountant for Torgs, likes to go on long walks at night. He doesn't seem bothered by the cold. Uh, every so often, people see strange sets of blue eyes piercing out of the woods around the Torg's encampment. Um, what other, what other interesting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight, two more secrets I can drop in. Uh, what other interesting secrets could we have? There are multiple. There are multiple true children of oral. Sephic is one. Uh, the druid Ravison is another. Whoops. Uh, is Ilda the third? Who knows? Ravison. has awakened many animals um, uh, with a goal of shattering the civilizations of 10 towns. She is one 
of two druids that used to live in the lands outside of Ten Towns. Uh, what about the, 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 the beautiful mine? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, these, these secrets are good, but we're going to talk about beautiful mines. So fantastic locations. We have Tourmaline and we have the mine. Uh, we can link the mine to that quest. If we go back here, go to D&D Beyond, let's see. And we are going to beautiful mine. So we'll grab this, link that. So we've got our locations, we've got our secrets, we've got our scenes and our strong starts. Who are the people? So we have Torga from Torgs. Uh, we have um, Oris. Uh, we have Gygaz. Uh, we have Blanche. Uh, who else do we have? Um, we have the beautiful mine, the, the, um, the kobold treks, right? And I don't know if I have a treks page yet, so we're going to create one. New treks page in, in the Frostmaiden database. And we'll make a Trex page and we'll make it an NPC villain, I guess. Uh, is there a picture of Trex already? No, there's a picture of a growl. There's Trex. Hey, we got a picture of Trex. Copy that image and drop it in. Oops. How about image in new window? Copy image. Hopefully it's not too big. Hey, picture of Trex. Uh, Possessed kobold of the tourmaline mine. Cool. Um, very well spoken for a kobold. Cool. Um, Oh, there's so much cool stuff here with, uh, oh, and then there's Janth, right? Uh, possessed by Janth. Do I have a Janth page? I do. Cool. Janth is a ghost scholar who was killed. I think we're going to have Janth be a member of the Arcane Brotherhood who was looking for the secrets under the ice and died and wants to find it. So this is a change that we're making in the campaign. Um, so let me finish my notes up here and then we'll talk about the actual quest in Rhyme of the Frostmaiden instead of just my nonsense. Uh, so we've got Trex oh, and we need, what was his name? I already forgot his name. I'm an idiot. Trex Jan, J-A-N-T-H. Uh, Janth. 
Monsters. Oh, we have Icy Ghouls. Um, we have Sephic. We have Kobolds. We have Growls. We have Ghosts. That's pretty much it for today. Treasure. Uh, we have a Psy Crystal. Uh, it would be nice if we had something else. Um, does Auken have a magic item now? I think he might be due. He's got the boots of the Winterlands. Uh, I had already given away a weapon booster, a glyph weapon booster, uh, and now Candle has that. Um... So he's got Boots of the Winterlands. He's got something. But he certainly wants a magic weapon. I think Sephic has to have something, right? Um, he had a lot of stuff he wanted. Everyone loves cloaks of protection. What's a cool magic item uh, that Sephic could have on him? So he's got icy daggers. He's got icy blood. So he could certainly have a magic dagger, a magic icy dagger. Um, that would be cool. A Frostbrand dagger. What about a Frostbrand? I think Frostbrands are really good. Um, what does it do? When you hit an attack, it does a D6 cold. In addition, while you hold the sword, you have resistance to fire damage. In freezing temperatures, the blade sheds light. When you draw this weapon, you extinguish all non-magical flame within 30 feet. The property can be used no more than once per hour. Uh, so he could have a Frostbrand longsword. That would be pretty great. But who would use that? Probably not many people. Um, it could be a, you know, if we're giving everybody, like, weapon boosts, uh, a rune that could be etched onto a weapon to turn a weapon into a frost brand would be pretty great extra d6 cold is really powerful though uh it's a very rare right so it's 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 yeah it's it's intended to be really powerful so that's probably too much um but it makes sense some kind of weapon booster would be cool like a so the tattoo, let's take a look at the tattoos. I think it, is it, is it, uh, I was just bagging on, um, bagging on Tasha's, but let's look at magic tattoos. Uh, absorbing, cold absorption, alchemical, all-purpose tool. Are these, are these the only these are all the magic items. Okay. 
barrier tattoo. Twelve plus decks for the uncommon one. That might be kind of cool. Uh, ice melts into the weapon if desired. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, thanks to the guys. Glad, glad the guys helped out. Thank you for coming by, and and I'm, I'm glad they I'm glad they helped. I've gotten a lot of value out of those Horde of the Dragon Queen articles I wrote a long time ago. So barrier would be interesting. We've had some blood fury. Uh, tattoo has 10 charges, regains all. When you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you expend a charge deal. 46 necrotic, and it has 10 charges that recharges the next dawn? What? Legendary. Okay. <laughs> that was like 46 necrotic. Coiling grasp. Uncommon. Inky tendrils. That's pretty cool. I don't think I'm going to drop that in here, but that's one to keep in mind for later. Uh, when does it get used? If you, uh... While the tattoo is on your skin, as an action, uh, you can, as an action, cause the tattoo to reach the creature for 16 14 and takes 3d6. As an action, the creature can escape. The grapple also ends. Is this all the time? Can you do this? I'm missing something on this uh, coiling grasp. Um, is there a limit on this, or can you do this all, all the time? Because it seems like this completely removes any other action you'd ever want to do, because you can just do this all the time. It looks like it's all the time. I don't see any limiter on this. Do you, do you guys see a limiter on this? Is there a limiter on this? As an action, so all the time. Jesus, that doesn't seem right. Broken. I like to do like a one time per day on stuff like that. Ghost step tattoo. Ooh, this could be cool. Three charges, all expended charges, uh, regains all charges uh, daily at dawn. As a bonus action, while the tattoo is on your skin, you can expend one of the tattoo's charges to become incorporeal to the end of your next turn. Okay, for the duration, you gain the following benefits. Resistance to res bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks can't be grappled or restrained. You can move through creatures. That's kind of interesting. That'd be a fun one. This is a very rare tattoo, though. Um, three charges seems like a lot. Illuminator. It's common. Life well, very rare. Resistance necrotic, when you drop to zero, stuff happens. Masquerade tattoo. Disguise self. We have a lot of people that already have disguise self. There are a lot of magic items in here. I'll say that for it. Shadowfell brand tattoo. Rare. When you take damage, you can use your reaction to become insubstantial, having the damage you take. Then the, uh, then the reaction can't be used until the next sunset. See, that one's rare, and it's less powerful. Yeah, you know, weird. 
advantage on all stealth checks. Spell rot tattoo. Produced by a special needle, this magic tattoo contains a single spell up to fifth level wrought on your skin by a magic needle. To use this tattoo, you must hold the needle against your skin and peek the command word. The needle turns into ink. The level of the spell of the tattoo, and then how often can you cast? Uh, the tattoo glows faintly while you, uh, while you cast the spell. Once the spell ends, the tattoo vanishes. So it's a one-shot spell. Interesting. Up to fifth level. That's kind of cool. Tasha's doesn't know how tattoos work. Yeah, that whole like, you know, tattoos is a, are removable. Like what? Weird. Uh, what are these? The teeth of Nevar, that Nevandar. These are artifacts, yeah. Let's start, I looked at those, they're kind of cool. Um, I don't know. I don't know what magic item to give away. They need some kind of armor. I guess Sephic could be wearing like magic armor. So maybe we'll do that. Um, plus one leather, plus one studded leather. And let's give it a one per day ability. Uh, what's a cool one? We'll go to relics here. Ah, detect magic. Uh, what What is a cool like first to third level um, sort of icy ability? Misty step would be pretty cool. Like he, he, he's sort of bound to it. So um, uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. So we'll go with that. Plus one leather armor that casts Misty Step once a day. That's a nice set of armor. There's multiple characters that can wear leather armor. So uh, I think that that will be kind of valuable, right? It's cool. It's got a cool ability. Nice thing about leather armor is leather armor's AC isn't terribly high, so it doesn't bump their AC up tremendously. Uh, it gives them a little bit more. It's like the equivalent of studded leather, right? But it's magic, and it lets you cast a spell, and they're never going to want to get rid of it. Here's a cool, meaningful thing for my character that also gives me some magical benefit. Yeah. All right. So I've got all that set. So let's talk about let's let's take a little bit of time, and talk about the actual adventure. Uh, so we go to D and Beyond, Frost Maiden. Um. What random generator are you using? Uh, I am using a relic generator. Uh, com slash relics. Here you go. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about the beautiful mind quest. This is a fun quest. I've, I've run this before, which is why I've been kind of like ripping through the, um, this is why I've been ripping through the description. So the idea here is a bunch of kobolds have taken over the local Tourmaline mine in the town of Tourmaline. And guards have gone down, but they've been kind of routed out, right? So the you go to the mine. Uh, the map of the mine is here. Um, 
you get in, it's a multi-layer mine. It's like a three-layer thing. It's got this huge shaft that goes way down deep into the Underdark. And there's a lot of fun paths they can go. And sort of layer one, you're sort of getting harassed by kobolds, but there's some giant rats and other things. Uh, there's a shaft that you, or there's a, like an elevator that you can take down to get to the lower areas. And the deal is there is a kobold here named Trex who has been possessed by a ghost. Um, the ghost is of um, uh, Janth, right? And in the in the adventure, Janth wants um, he wants like you know his he's tied to some like a bag, right? Uh, can't be laid to rest. Uh, can only be laid to rest by destroying a satchel that's being held. Well, that's you know. So in in my version, Janth is being connected to this area because he has seen. He knows there's something beneath the ice. We're getting this whole Netherese city thing, right? He knows there's something beneath the ice, and he wants to see it. And he would rather be. He wants to go on. So maybe he can possess one of the characters and ride shotgun. Uh, while they go, and then he could be a he could be a good source of information. So you have this really well spoken kobold named Trex who has a set of wings that he is taped to his back. He's tied to his back. Why well, keep hitting save? Uh, he's tied to his back. Uh, meanwhile, there is one or more Grells in the adventure. There's only one Grell, but as your characters get higher level, I like to put two, probably two Grells. Three is kind of out of hand, but two Grells are pretty good. Um, that are hunting kobolds. So like kobolds are disappearing, guards are disappearing. And the, there's this Grell lair, which is kind of where they show up. But I'm willing to have the Grell show up anywhere. Like the Grell can use that central line to kind of get wherever they want to get to. So that works That works really well. Um, so yeah, the, the couple things I would change. Oh, and then the, the really interesting part, which you definitely want to, which I want to definitely reinforce, is there is a ancient fossilized skull of a mind flayer that has been uncovered. And it can whisper to the characters. And like, basically, I'm going to, you know, I, I want to tie this to a larger plot that there is a um, mind flayer. Uh, what are their ships called? Cephalopods. Um, what's the name of a mind flayer spaceship? Uh, there's a mind flayer ship that crashed here. And they're reaching out and they are willing to remove Nautiloid. Yeah, there's a crash, a crash Nautiloid here. There is a, they're willing to remove the, um, the, the Cenobite pod that is inside of Shadowhawk's brain. So he won't become a mind flayer, right? But there'll be a connection between the Psy crystal and the brain. And, and they'll realize like, oh my God, Shadow is turning into a mind flayer, right? And the only way to save Shadow's life is to help the uh, mind flayers get out of, get, get their ship back up again and i'm thinking of adding in some githyanki hunters who are like trying to figure out whether or not people have been possessed by the mind flayers here and whether or not they have to blow up the entire world i think that might be a fun angle too right that like you you have these githyanki hunters out there and the githyanki are like we want to we we followed a crash nautiloid ship here we don't know where it is we're looking for it and if we find out that the the mind flayers have advanced from here and that they're in people, um, we're going to destroy the whole world. We're, our our Githyanki warships are going to come and blow up the entire planet, right? And now you got a whole new angle, like a big scale. So I think I'm going to throw that into chapter two. I don't know, but I think this is a hint about it in chapter one. Uh, 
and it's this whole fossilized skull and psychrystal thing. So I really like this adventure. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to run this part. Uh, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good time. Uh, the beautiful mind. So, so I recommend it, give it a read and then change it how you want. Uh, you remember, you can always kind of change up the number of creatures and things like that. And it always works out. So I think we're all done today. I've got my notes. I know where things are going. Uh, I think we're all good. So I think we're going to call it a day. Uh, I want to thank everybody for hanging out in Twitch today. I hope you had a good time. And uh, I will see you all again next week when we find out what happens uh, and, and continue onwards in our Rhyme of the Frost Maiden game. So thank you very much. Have a great day. And uh, get out there and play some D&D.